Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I hope you're doing well. hope you're getting through the quarantine. I know some restrictions are starting to get lifted in some places. Uh, for now, we'll see what happens. But I hope you're finding comfort in home, getting some hobbies done, getting back to work remotely where you can. Anyway, I've been busy, I guess, as usual. I've got an EP coming out uh, next Saturday, May 16th, called Wicked Dreams. And I've just been gearing up for that release. I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter, musician-composer first and foremost, so that's my, you know, where the majority of my time and passion lies, along with doing the podcast, of course. But with a release coming up, there's always a million things to do, and you'd think with having more time on your hands or something, it would it might be easier to do, but I, I feel like I've just made the list longer or something. I don't know. But anyway, I've got this release coming up next weekend. So that's what I've been up to. By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, yes, there is video, just not during the monologue. So when we cut to the actual interview, you will see our pretty little faces. My guest today is Jason Grishkoff. He's the CEO and founder of SubmitHub. He started off uh, at Google and he also started the blog Indie Shuffle, which is a very popular music blog. And then, when he was working at Ind when he was working with Indie Shuffle, getting that off the ground, he started getting tons and tons of submissions every day, hundreds. So he put his mind, put his brain to work, and decided to start this platform called Submit Hub, which is essentially a platform to connect blogs, Spotify playlists, Instagram influencers, labels, etc. with artists. So for instance, if you're an artist and you're about to release a song, as I am, you want coverage. You want blogs to write about it. You want Spotify playlists to add your new track. You want, uh, maybe you want to team up with a record label to, to help promote it, um, or whatever it is. You can submit your stuff. You go to the website, you put in your track, you make yourself a little press kit within the site that's reusable um, on everything, which is nice. You only have to do it once. And then you can filter through and say, hey, I'm a blues, rock, Americana artist, um, and this is what I'm looking for for my track. And instantly you click enter and a list pops up of the very best blogs, uh, Spotify playlists, whatever, for you, for what you're asking for. And then you can go down and look at all of these and say, okay, the XYZ blog covers 90% blues music. Well, you know, okay, maybe that's a good fit for me, but I go more on the Americana side, whatever. You can look at their latest blog posts. You can look at the latest songs they accepted. It's really great. And then you have credits. You pay for premium credits. They're not expensive. And you submit to that blog or that, that platform, whatever it is. And they have 48 hours to tell you if they accept your track or do not accept your track. And you can request feedback as well. And if they do not get back to you within 48 hours, then you get your, you get your coins back. You get your, you get your money back, essentially. So it's a really cool thing and a really nice way for artists to go to one place to submit for press outlets instead of every you know following everybody's individual criteria of what they want. You go to one one spot and you fill it out. This is great for blogs because they only have to go to one spot and it makes it worth their while. They're getting a little bit of money, not a lot from these submissions. So 
they can find songs that the great songs for their whatever for their Spotify playlist for their blog and they can also make a little bit of money doing their hobby it's a really cool thing it's a really great concept and pretty pretty much all blogs and artists are using it at this point and and if you're not it's time to start on your next release at the end of this we I interviewed him I talked to uh, I talked to Jason about the site and we got into a bunch of different things and then towards the end if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever, no big deal. You can keep listening. But about 40 minutes in or so, uh, give or take, I actually share my screen with Jason, and this is all on YouTube. I share my screen, and we submit one of my songs uh, for a couple a couple different blogs. We went through it together, and we found a couple blogs that are a good fit for my music, and we submitted it together. So if you have any questions on how the website works, skip ahead 40-ish minutes in, and when you see me screen share, that's when we start talking about the site and we go through it step by step. It's really, really cool. We also talk about how the music industry has changed with blogs in the last few years. It used to be that a big blog could break your band, and that's less the case now. Um, it's more, you know, one step at a time, a couple fans here, a couple fans there. And Jason also mentioned that blogs are great because they come up on top of a Google search. So if you're in a blog, maybe you only get 50 views the first day or the first week it's out, but over the next two or three years, it could get clicked on a bunch of times. A Spotify playlist track isn't going to pop up on the Google search engine. So blogs are still relevant. They're just just in a, in a little different way than they were. So anyway, I'm talking to Jason. He's in South Africa. They're their quarantine, their stay-at-home restrictions are quite a bit uh, more stiff than most of ours here in the States. He talks about that a little bit, too. So instead of playing the interview music to jump into the interview, I'm actually going to play a verse and a chorus of my song, Wicked Dreams, simply because that is the song that we submitted to Submit Hub in this episode together. So you can hear a little bit of the song before the interview starts and, and sort of have a point of reference when uh, when we get going. So anyway, without further ado, here's a little bit of Wicked Dreams, followed by my conversation with Jason Grishkoff of Submit Hub. I was a young man out of college. Just needed to get out Kept a guitar in my pocket But it didn't make a sound Started up in California And I went from town to town Ended up in Louisiana Where my feet never hit the ground Yeah, go ahead. You can clap too. You. For our viewers, I'm just doing. I'm lining up the video and the audio. Um, I've got uh, Jason Grishkoff, and he's joining all the way. And I said that right, correct? You nailed it. Yeah, I nailed it. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And and he's all the way in South Africa, and we are we're in the midst of the quarantine right mm -hmm. now. Uh, whenever you're 
whenever you're listening or watching this. And you were just telling me before we started about some of the restrictions. What's it like in South Africa right now? Our restrictions kicked into place on March 26th and they, um, the day of, they let us know that alcohol and cigarettes would also be banned from sale. Uh, I'm not a smoker, so that's fine. But we had 12 bottles of wine, which we've been pacing out over the time now. And I think we got three left. And this is going to go on for a couple more months, I predict. So that's been rough. We weren't allowed to exercise. Uh, I've got two young kids at home. And I normally have a nanny here to help. So there was no nanny. And um, yeah, it's been pretty tough. But on Monday, the nanny came back. They've sort of eased the restrictions a little bit. And um, essential workers are allowed to come back. And they, it qualifies if you do childcare, you can help go back to work. But they basically need to kickstart the economy, right? Because um, right. most of South Africa lives hand to mouth. Um, it's, it's the most unequal country in the world in terms of, of quality of life and wealth distribution. And this lockdown was really rough on people who work in informal jobs. Um, so our nanny's not one of them, but I mean, there's a lot of domestic cleaners, gardeners, stuff like that. And they're not on payroll. They don't get paid. They just show up and get cash. And so when they're not allowed to work for 40 days, what are they going to do? So right. they're sort of trying to kickstart things, but I think we're still going to get the worst of it in, in September, they predict. Okay. Well, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, um, you know, and I uh, obviously thoughts out to all the people that have been affected by it so far. And hopefully, you know, everybody can start working again as soon as possible. And, and I think, you know, if you can't work and you can't smoke and you can't buy alcohol, you guys got it. You got it pretty rough down there. Uh, I can still get weed delivered to my doorstep. So okay, <laughs> perfect, perfect. But, but you're right. No, it's uh, it's pretty rough. But at least I'm not an alcoholic and I'm, I don't smoke cigarettes. So I'm gonna I'll make it through. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So you are the founder of a site called Submit Hub, and before we go any further, start off just tell us where you came from, your background, a brief history, of your background, and how this concept started, um, and and what is Submit Hub. Cool. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll start way back when and we'll do it really high level and then we'll get more detailed as we get to the recent. But um, I love it. I was born in South Africa. I moved to the States when I was 12. I studied in California. I did a little bit of work in DC and I also worked for Google in San Francisco. And when I started working in DC, I was about 21. This was 2007, I think. And that was the peak of torrenting and illegal downloading of MP3s. I mean, it was the wild, wild west out there, right? And there was no sort of central cohesive streaming service. SoundCloud didn't exist. Spotify didn't exist. None of that was there. So I was just downloading boatloads of music illegally, of course. I mean, I was 21 and that's what you did. So I had this incredible stack of music that I would go through and I... Moved out to DC, left all my friends behind, and my way to connect back to them was by sending them little snippets of music I'd found. So I'd sort of sift through 50 albums in a week and I'd go, cool, well, these are the three you should check out. And I'd email them. And um, a couple of them got back and said, hey, you know, emails are cool, but can't you just make a blog? And so I made a blog. So in about 2008, I launched a blog called Indie Shuffle, which is a music blog that I mean, we're now like one of the OGs at this point. Uh, a lot of music blogs have sort of faded away, but we're still here. 
Um, and Indie Shuffle just covers new music we like. That's kind of what it is. It, it, it grew to prominence in part by riding the coattails of a, another website called Hype Machine. Like they sent mm. us a ton of traffic back in the day. And also because we had a bit of a clever tech stack in, in the way that we set things up. So we were one of the first websites that had a kind of a radio player built into the blog. So you would hit play on a song and then it would line up the next one for you and that would play. And we had this before SoundCloud even had such a feature, right? Right. Um, I mean, Indie Shuffle actually existed before SoundCloud, but only by a year or two. So people kind of started using our website pretty heavily. And by, by 2012, 2013, I think we were doing something uh, around 6 million streams a month. Wow. So, and what, what was the primary genre? They're, they're just all over the place or? Super broad. We were, we were covering, so it was a lot of more modern music and that would then fall into, you kind of take the, the, like a lineup that plays Coachella or Bonnaroo, that type of thing, right? So you got a mix of electronic, hip hop, rock, you got some folk, you got some Americana, which is like more up your alley, but um, it was, I would describe it as modern music, right? So we weren't really right. focused that much on jazz or neoclassical or country. We were steering clear of commercial pop, that type of stuff. So um, we were pumping out a good 10 song reviews a day, finding music everywhere. And actually, the blog started to earn enough money that by the end of 2012, I made the decision to quit Google. I was like, you know, I can take this full time. And that yeah. was a really big salary to give up. But the upside was that I was my own boss and like I didn't have to wake up in the morning. And I actually just packed up my bags and I moved to Amsterdam and I, I just got super high for two months. I mean, this was before we'd had any legality in, in the States, right? 2013. Right. right. On the cusp. Maybe Colorado was, was pretty much there, but California they were not so it. much. Yeah. So moved to Amsterdam. I'm living like the mid-20s dream, right? Quit my job, have money rolling in. I work for a blog. I'm influential, blah, blah, blah. So it was pretty dope. Um, and it all, it all kind of came tumbling down in a sense, as, as many of these things do, because the company that was supposed to pay me all the ad money from the revenue that Indie Shuffle was earning went bankrupt and they actually just never paid us all that money. So I actually, I kind of, I was, I was living this high style. I, we were supposed to be earning about $180,000 a year. Oh my. So that's a bunch of money for a 25 year old. And I said, okay, well let's put half of it. I'm going to spend half of it and hire a team in Bangladesh and they're going to build like the next version of the Indie Shuffle app, obviously, you know, the sky's the limit, right? We're only just growing now. Right. This is going to hit the moon. So, you know, I'm like, all right, 90K goes to Bangladesh and 90K goes to my lifestyle. And then, you know, six months in, I'm like, hey, Spin, where's my money? And they're like, oh, no, no, we're working on it. It's coming, it's coming. And, and at the end of a year, they were like, yeah, sorry, we're bankrupt. Um, oh, no. And so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. What do I do? I'm sorry. I hope I can swear on your podcast. No, you you can say uh, anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a wake up check. And around 2014, 2015, you know, I, I, I brought up all the, the ashes and kind of got Indie Shuffle back on track in terms of, of ad revenue, but it was a fraction of what we had anticipated making. So I had to stop paying the writers. I had to um, kind of shift the way we were doing everything. And I myself started to think maybe this was, all a big mistake and I need to go back to Google and beg them for my job. So that was a bit of a, like, <laughs> no, wait, 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 I can't do this, man. I can't, I can't. That was 2015. Yeah. 
okay, I got to try something else. I got to try something else. And so I decided to spend a couple months thinking of business ideas. And what I was going to do is take the coding knowledge I'd picked up from Indie Shuffle, which was sort of top level, like the Bangladesh team would code stuff and then I'd tweak it. I'd be like, oh, you guys have no idea how to design this. So let me just go in and, and fix it instead of trying to tell you how to do it. So I, right. I learned some stuff and I was like, okay, cool. New business. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach myself how to do some new code. And then on the side, I actually started freelancing, building music websites for other blogs. Uh, one of them was uh, a Colorado blog called This Song Is Sick, which was like very in the EDM type of space. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I, st I started to learn this, these new technologies and I'm thinking of a business and all the time I'm like, man, Indie Shuffle is just turning into a chore because I'm getting 300 email pitches a day. Like, what, How am I supposed to handle this? And um, that was kind of like, oh shit, you know? the business model, the idea, the product is, it's right here. It's my own problem, which was right. that Indie Shuffle was like our door was getting knocked down all day, every day from, from artists who were hoping to get some attention. And all we were doing was ignoring them. We were just like, I was, I'm not going to look at 300 emails a day, especially because 99% of them were not even addressed to us. It was like, you know, they buy a bulk list, send it out and hope someone responds. Um, yeah. So, that's how SubnetHub was born. In late 2015, I sat down and I just coded a simple form where people can put in artist name, song title, a link to your song. And then I took all my code and I was like, oh, okay, cool, it's SoundCloud. So I'll put a nice little player and a button and I can just listen to it here or it's YouTube. And so it was all very streamlined for me and it just came through in one little feed that looked a lot like the SoundCloud stream, they call it now. Right. Um, you know, and I just attached a thumb up and a thumb down. And if I hit thumb up, it sent an email to whoever sent it and said, hey, Indie Shuffle wants to blog your song. And if I did a thumb down, it told them that, you know, Indie Shuffle was going to take a pause. And so that idea caught on. And I messaged a couple of other bloggers. And I was like, hey, check out this tool I created. And they said, dope, you know, this is a problem we have too. So sure, we'll try it out and see what's going on. And I within the first couple of days, people were reaching out and going, Hey, cool. Thanks for the, the quick response and for listening, but you thumbed down it and you didn't tell me why. I was like, well, I didn't code a way it's, to tell you why, but as a quick, maybe. as a quick, uh, uh, some, sum up there so yeah. far, we've got, you've created this website, submit hub, and it's both useful for artists and for, for blogs so far, because artists are going to, have a place to submit. They have, they can go to one place and submit to all the blogs to get coverage and blogs aren't having their inbox flooded with 300 emails a day and they can easily accept or turn down a song. So this yeah. thing you've created so far is beneficial for both the artist and the blogs. Yeah. Okay. The thing is it had to be beneficial for the blogs first and foremost, right? So if you right. think of the supply and demand that was going on, the blogs were the ones who were in demand. So artists, they were just way more artists than they were curators. And it's still the same today. So that balance had to exist. And, and I needed to, to make sure that the bloggers weren't getting burned out. And, and in this iteration of Submit Hub in 2015, 2016, it was just blogs, traditional music blogs. And right. so that's where premium credits were kind of born was, you know, artists saying, hey, why did I get declined? And, and me saying, cool, well, if you, if you pay a dollar, we'll tell you, right? 
And that also became the carrot on the stick that, that actually got the bloggers to check in day in and day out because it becomes a slog, right? Like right. every, every day you got to wake up and you got 20 new songs to go through. And if there's no, uh, well, I mean, the, the incentive to do it is that you're going to find great music you like, but none of these guys were earning money from their blogs and it was a hobby. You know, you'd get back from your day at work, you sit down you're like, fuck, I have to do this again. It's unrelenting. It just keeps coming. And so when I started to say, cool, you know, you'll, you'll get paid if you respond to these guys. Um, bloggers were like, well, hold on. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of cool. This will cover my beers. And that's, yeah. that's almost the way I framed it initially. I was like, yo, you want some beer money for your hobby? Um, you can earn five or $10 a day responding to your submissions. And yeah, that, I mean, that was the original concept and, and it really just caught on from there because it, it gave the curators incentive to actually log in, listen to their songs, make a decision and, and keep their hobby alive. Cause a lot of blogs were getting burned out and, and quitting at the time. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. That's submit hub in a nutshell. I mean, we and, can get into the more nitty gritty, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great thing. And, and almost everybody in the industry, if you're a, if you're a blogger or have a Spotify playlist uses it and artists, when they release songs, use it. I wanted to ask you, do you have any holdouts? Do you have any big, blogs that are like now we're not going to use submit hub we're doing our own thing totally totally um so at this point the curators are blogs spotify playlists youtube channels soundcloud radio stations and, and now instagram influencers on the blog side it's the traditional big ones who are the holdouts um stereo gum pitchfork but then you even have ones like pigeons and planes who sort of dabbled with it a little bit and then decided no nah, it's not for us and what you'll find is that almost all of those holdouts, the big ones, are not actually independent. Um, so they're owned by companies. So Pigeons and Planes, for example, is owned by Complex Magazine. Right. So, and they focus mostly on hip hop and electronic. But when I approached him about it, he was like, cool, this is great. But, you know, I don't, I'm not really worried about money. I've got a salary. I've got a company to support. Like we're doing bigger deals. We're doing collaborations. We're working on all this. We don't need a tool like this. We're just, right. We're going to, so it it ended up being more for the people who were doing it as a hobby. And um, I mean, pitchfork are just jerks anyway. So they weren't going to pay attention to it. (laughs) Um, I remember in, in 2014, no 20, whatever, five years ago or so, I, I met some of the editors of it and I was like, cool, I run a, a blog called Indie Shelf and they're like, oh, that's cute, man. You, you, do, you try to do some music blogging in your time. And I was like, really? I thought Indie Shelf was pretty fucking big. It's pretty and, big. And you're it a is. music blogger. Like, yeah. don't you know any other? I mean, we're not huge, right? But in the music blogging space, we, were, we, we have a, a name recognition. And I was like, you guys are just jokes. Um, <laughs> but they, I guess that's the complex that some people get when they're up at the top and you don't want to look down. Right, right. Now, so for the people, I think this is interesting for, for the artist side to think about what does it take to, to sign up for Submit Hub as a blogger or a podcast? Do you, do you have to have a, um, a certain following if you're taking submissions or is that something anybody who's doing it as a hobby can sign up to do? We've got some pretty stringent review processes that go through in terms of who can sign up. The, um, the, the guidelines will vary from curator type to curator type. So I'll give you an example in a, in a blogging space. Sure. We're less interested about how many fans they have and how many visits they can push to a song. We're more interested in 
how long they've been doing it, whether they're showing a genuine passion for it and whether they're actually writing good content. So, right. you know, if a blogger comes along and they're like, yo, I started my blog last week, can I join? We'll say, come back in six months. Um, if they come along and they've just been blogging on Tumblr for three years and they have no social following, but like they're generating good content, then that's going to be something we're looking at in terms of, of what we're going to allow on. Um, you know, with uh, Spotify playlists, man, that's one of the toughest ones to try and curate and, and sort of... Absolutely, um, yeah. Man, so we, we probably get about 40 applications per day to join Hub as a curator, and we let through about 5 or 10% of them. And okay. everyone that comes through, we sort of launch a mini investigation to see what they're about, where does their following come from, like, wow, you picked up 10,000 followers on Spotify in a week. How'd you do that? And they're like, oh, I sent out a tweet. And they're like, cool, link me to the tweet. And they're like, oh, I've deleted it. Why would you delete your really popular tweet? Like, so yeah, there's just yeah, yeah. A, a lot of investigation going into it. Um, and it's, we've actually had to hire, it's just been me and Dylan, uh, one of the, the partners in Submod Hub, working on it. Uh, and we've become overwhelmed at this point in terms of that review process. So we've got two new employees who are helping us. So do as that. A, yeah. 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 And, and so as a CEO, you seem pretty hands-on. I mean, when I go to the submit hub website and I look over in the artist chat, I don't think there's a time where I don't see your name pop up responding to somebody. Um, so do you still do that? And, and you still do a lot of the, uh, the, like you were saying, approving blogs or playlists to be on the site um, and coding, right? You still, you're still very yeah. involved on the ground level with everything, right? Yeah, I still do everything. Um, so, so up until now, it's been a three-man team. There's uh, Henku who does sort of finance and legal stuff. So he's in the background and, and most people won't interact with him. And then there's Dylan who does the review process. So anyone who applies to join, he's the guy who's sort of the, the cop, you know, who's checking to make sure your, your paperwork's good. Uh, and, and historically, he's also been the guy because, you know, once they join Submit Hub, it might look cool, but people misbehave over time, right? And so we're constantly having to keep an eye on there's, there's now 1,200 curators on the site active. So it's become a full-time job trying to police that. So what I do then on my side is I write a bunch of code to try and automate as much of it as we can. So we look for patterns, um, irregular growth, um, plays that look wonky, just sharing, going to the wrong places. We have all these feedback loops where artists can rate people and whatnot. And so we're, we're trying to automate as much of it as we can to, to keep the community alive. But yeah, it's, it's, there are times when it's not much work, but this quarantine has really messed things up. <laughs> so yeah, like, I haven't been able to work during the day because of the kids. And um, right. that set me back quite a bit. And, and when I do get work, then I'm just doing the customer support. Because as you point out, I'm still there in the chat rooms responding to people. And that's cool because it means I can get direct feedback from users who are like, hey, this is broken or this doesn't work. Or I wish this did this or man, the site's a fucking piece of shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what can I do to fix it? Um, yeah, yeah. And so, so the Submit Hub you see today is, is really built on that feedback group. And so it's still really important to me that I'm, they're listening to the bloggers, to the artists, and, and just keeping track of, of things that might be able to um, see an improvement or just things that are broken because I break shit all the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and so how is the, 
how have how have blogs changed in your opinion in the last few years? I mean, do, do all indie blogs need a Spotify playlist to go with it to be relevant in your opinion? How how have things things have certainly changed in the last few years? What are your what are your thoughts in general? Right. Um, well, let me think about this from the artist perspective because I think that's a good way to look at it. And and I imagine most of your listeners are going to be coming from that background too. Yep. The good old heyday of blogging was really hinged it hinged around hype machine i don't know if you're familiar with hype machine yeah but for people who aren't it was a, a really cool website that just kind of monitored uh, a select group of blogs that they chose it was about a thousand of them and it just had a chart that showed you what was being blogged the most and it had insane influence it had so many users on it that if you hit number one in the popular chart you were going to pick up in 24 hours, 100,000, 200, 300,000 plays, right? And it wasn't just that. People would sit down at the A&R meetings at UMG and they'd be like, cool, well, let's start with the top 10 on Hype Machine. Is there anything we should be paying attention to? Right. Coachella's booking team would sit down and be like, cool, what's, what's been good on Hype Machine lately? And that's really where people were looking to extract these trends. And so the blogs that were feeding that became really influential. Um, Indie Shuffle included, but I mean, any blog on Hype Machine was hugely influential. And this is where the whole origin of, you know, the problem I was solving with the emails began because people were like, whoa, these blogs are influential. We should try to get on them. And then next thing, there was like a whole business built around hiring publicists and buying spreadsheets and all that shit. So right. those were blogs back then, right? And they could actually break an artist and make them huge. I'm thinking of artists like The Weeknd, Lana Del Rey, Chance the Rapper, um, all sorts of rock bands, hip-hop electronics skrillex man like there's just all the shit from from 2010 2011 2012 was probably blogs that really pushed it if you get the uh, right blog you're gonna get you're gonna get yeah. fans so then what happened um spotify came about youtube started to take over all the search results you go search for a song on youtube top result is a giant youtube image right right so blogs started to lose traffic we used to get a lot of traffic from google not anymore it all goes to youtube and you know, Google didn't do that intentionally. They're just saying it's the best result for people. And sure, I guess it is, right? Do you want to listen to the song? Here it is on a platform that's consistent and always works. It's YouTube. Yeah. Um, so blogs started to see their audience dwindle. And um, a lot of people started to wonder, okay, well, look, how do we break out the same way you used to with, yeah. a, with a blog? And, and Spotify playlists became the, the big buzz thing. You know, oh, you got to get on a playlist. Get on the playlists, then you'll blow up. And this all brings me back to kind of your, your question of, of what is, I mean, your question was sort of like, what's the point of blogs these days? Right. Or any of them. And um, in so many words, cynically, I would say, I would say the, the heyday of being able to break out and ride the wave from blogs is gone and it hasn't been replaced by anything. What's happened instead is that the average listener gets to choose what they want to listen to. And more and more people are going that route. So there are fewer people who are just, listening to what they're told to listen to right um and sure many of them on spotify do listen to what they're told to but spotify's algorithms are actually feeding them music that they are more likely to like rather than saying here's the top 10 or like the you know the hot 50 or whatever um so as a musician today i think one of the best ways you can leverage submit hub is to not go into it with the mindset of like wow this tool might help me blow out or it might right. help me break but rather what can i do to try and build a core fan base of like 1000 true fans right i don't know there's um there's this idea i forget the guy's name who, who did it but 
basically his logic is 1,000 true fans is all right. you need. Yep. I'm trying to remember. I'll, I'll link the article in the show notes. I can't remember yeah. who wrote it. Kevin, Kevin Kelly, I think I want to say is his name. Something okay. like that. But uh, I, think, I think as a musician today in 2020, that principle is actually really important because the odds of you breaking out is unlikely. Even if you get picked up by a big Spotify editorial playlist, you're going to get you know, 50, 60, 100,000 plays in a month, right? If it's a nice big one. Right. And you're going to get your check for $1,000, $2,000. But as soon as they pull you out of that playlist, your listeners are gone. Your money's gone. Who's left behind? Um, hopefully some people, but it's not, it's not the 100000 that you were getting for you know, that, that month in the past. Right. And um, I think what's really important is to build up that, that smaller group of people who actually connect with your music and that you can connect with. And um, right. that's where I would say SubmitHub is quite useful as a tool today. And, and bloggers, you know, it's one of the things that they can add, right? If someone blogs about your song, they're a fan. You've got a right. fan, right? right? And they've absolutely. probably got a couple of fans who still read their blog. So you may be going to get a couple more fans there. And so what you're really trying to do is create those like small connections that might actually allow you to, to grow from there. Um, it, like, I mean, a crazy idea I've, I've heard of some people doing is like every day they wake up and they say, cool, I'm going to introduce myself and connect with someone new. One individual person every day. I love that. And they just try to do that. You know, after a year, cool, that's 300 plus connections you've made. Maybe 200 of them are fans, but they go and they tell their wife, their roommate, or whatever. Um, God, man, I'm digressing, but. <laughs> no, no, this is all, that's all good stuff. Yeah, that's one of the connections that blogs can offer. The other thing, uh, which we sort of touched on at the beginning of this conversation is, that some people don't think about is that when you Google your name, you want results to show up. And blogs show up, playlist placements don't show up, right. SoundCloud reposts don't show up, a YouTube upload will probably show up. But let's say there's some record label exec out there, or even just a booking agent who's thinking of bringing you through to book you for a show, or you reach out to them and they're trying to do some research on you. When they type you into Google and they see, oh, well, Indie Shuffle wrote a review, they open it up, they don't even know who Indie Shuffle is, but there's like an actual piece of content of someone saying they really like this song and you guys are onto something. There's a lot of verification to be had there. Yeah. So it's not about the, the two or hundred or thousand people who read that blog post in the first week of it going up. It's the fact that two years from now, that article is still going to be sitting in the top 10 results when someone looks you up. Um, right. So there's, there's more to build than just, this is why I think blogs to me are still one of the most valuable ones because um, a lot of the others are just giving you a little bit of temporary glory and, and, it's hard to build something genuine from it, right? Absolutely. So at yeah. least the blogs, there's something long lasting and there's someone actually connecting with, thinking about and spending time on your song. Whereas yeah. the playlist is like, cool, I love this. Boom, it's in my playlist. Next, right? And they're, right. they're not connecting with you or your song. They're probably not going to read your bio. They're just like, this sounds good. So it's going to go in. Um, yeah, no, abs absolutely. I think it's a lot of good, that's good, good information for artists for sure. Um, and, also, I wanted to mention on your site, you've got you, where you can submit to blogs and playlists and Instagram influencers. You also have a spot on the website where for record labels. How does that part of the website work? Right. So it's it's the idea is to create connections, and they're pretty much all indie labels. Uh, UMG had a few of their sub labels on there for a while, Universal Music Group, but they ended up just being like, yeah, it's too much. It's too much for us to filter through. 
Right. But the idea, I, I like to think of it this way. If you're a musician, you love making music. And for most musicians in 2020, you've got to be a full round businessman, right? Or businesswoman. And you can't think about just your music. You have to think about selling the product, going out on tour, making sure everything's there. You're doing all of that. And for some people, that's just really not them. It's not what they want to do. Right. And so record labels in 2020 are very unlikely to fork over a bunch of cash for you. There's just so much music and there's no point in them doing that. But the way I like to think of it is, is you're trying to find a business partner, someone who believes in your music enough to step out there and do all the other stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. And from their side, they need to be able to see a potential to make money off of your song, right? Right. They have to, that's how they make their living. So you got to think about it that way. But the idea with the, the label side of Submit Hub, which is, I think it makes up like 2% of the submissions on Submit okay. Hub, maybe even less at this point. Uh, the idea behind it is that you're trying to create a connection with someone who can help you. So you could filter it and say, right. you know, I, I live in Colorado, so I want to find some indie labels from Colorado. Uh, actually, you can't do that. You can do it by the U.S. <laughs> oh, man, the U.S. is big, though. It's pretty big. <laughs> well, all right. But I mean, another example you could do is say, yeah. cool, we actually really want to go on tour in Europe. Right. But yeah. we don't really know people in, in Belgium or the Netherlands. So let's maybe reach out to a couple of indie labels in Belgium and the Netherlands and see if they'll help us with that part of our tour. Maybe they'll jump in and be like, oh, yeah, I love your sound. You guys have a good following. We've got some connections at this venue. We can help you book it, promote it, et cetera. We want this cut from the show. You guys will get this cut. But mm. you're essentially trying to make a business connection to help you. And, and that's, I think, a better way to look at labels in 2020. Maybe I'm absolutely, you know, I'm sure there are people who will disagree with me. But um, from my perspective, it's, it's looking for a business partner who's going to help push your product um, yeah. so that you don't have to. And, and hopefully they, have, they know how to do it better than you do. Right, right. And I'm, and I'm guessing the acceptance rate, I know I was reading that the acceptance rate, if you're submitting to a blog or something, I think was somewhere between 10 and 12%. Um, yep. Is that, is that significantly different for people pitching their stuff to, in, to an indie label partner? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, and the other thing with the label, of course, that you need to understand is that when they approve your song, it doesn't mean, hey, we're signing you to our label. It's more of like, hey, let's talk, right? Right. And so I always encourage artists that the next step you should do at that point is get, in, get on a Skype call or a Zoom call, meet them, talk to them. Like, don't just you know, do these online, like, hey, yo, sign this form and we're done. Um, you're just going to walk away wondering what the hell you did. Right. So I think the, the uh, gosh, I, I, to be honest, I haven't dived into the numbers recently, but overall the average is roughly the same. It's about 10%. And, and, um, that's, and that's a conversation. 10 to 12% of the time people are getting conversations yeah. with somebody on that end of it. Yeah. Um, and this is, the Submit Hub concept works really, really well in my opinion because there are so many things still like say if you're going on tour and booking a show where every venue has different requirements. Some people want to see your uh, press kit and some people, I, I still have venues that want me to send a, a damn CD to them, you know, and, and spend $4 and go to the post office yeah. to maybe get a response. And it's all, it's all over the place. So I think for artists, Submit Hub makes a lot of sense because you can create one thing and submit it to as many people as you want. And you're not having to, of course, personalizing is a great thing to do and you can write a little note, uh, but it's, you can do one thing and, 
and and for the people on SubmitHub who are bloggers and Spotify playlisters and record labels, it's one place they can go to find stuff too. So it makes a lot of sense. My question is, have you have you thought about expanding it out even further to other parts of the music industry because it's a system that that seems to work pretty well? I've thought about it, but I haven't landed on one that would actually work. So I've I've explored, for example, sync licensing is a big one, right? If you yeah can get your song onto a Netflix soundtrack. Dope, right? Right. But the way a lot of those sync um, discoveries work, what are they called? They're called, not booking agents. Um, oh man, I'm trying to remember the name of the people who do the, they look for soundtrack songs. Uh, You're not thinking of a publisher, surely, right? No, I'm not thinking of a publisher, but basically there are people out there that are looking. So they work with this, the Netflix show or whatever. Oh, and music supervisor. Say, Thank you. That's there it. There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the <laughs> difference with supervisors um, is that they, they can never make any guarantees, right? They're just passing your song along. And if it's a bite, it's a bite. If it's not, if it, it, you know, so be it. And so what would end up happening on Submit Hub, right, is you send it to a music supervisor. You have a 10% chance of being approved. You're one of those one in 10 that they approve. And then what? Like they don't actually deliver anything. They sort of say, cool, well, I'll send this all for you. And then that's it. And so I, I've spoken to a few supervisors about it. They've always, you know, they'll come and be like, yo, you, you should do some minimum for sub supervisors. I totally use it. And I kind of ask them, well, cool. Well, how would you use it? And they're like, well, wait, how does it work? Um, and I just don't think that the concept will work as well there because there's no deliverable at the end of the day, um, it's very unlikely that you're actually going to get on that show. Uh, and you probably have better odds of just getting picked up by a bunch of blogs. And next thing you know, you'll be on a show. Um, right. I know quite a few indie shuffle songs we've covered have ended up in Netflix soundtracks. So it happens that way as well. Cause a lot of these guys are out there searching on their own. Um, right. Another one that is, you know, everyone's talking about right now is, is live shows and booking right. that type of stuff. Uh, I could see it working, but I don't have time. <laughs> um, and, and I think Facebook announced today that they're going into that space. So really at this point, like why even, but yeah, they're going to be launching a platform that allows artists to do live shows and charge money. So, uh, you'll have to pay to access the show. Oh, I see. so that's kind of cool. Right. I mean, you can do a show online and people can view it if they pay a dollar or two and, yeah. and it's a platform that they probably trust and you maybe you have your details with Facebook already. So it's not a big deal to, um, to pay on there. Um, the other thing with shows, well, historically is that they're quite cyclical, right? You know, Bonnaroo yeah. happens once a year, Coachella happens once a year. So when are they active? Is that recipient online all the time looking for new bookings or just once? So I definitely have explored it, but nothing works as fluidly and consistently as as the, the curators, blogs, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever. Um, there's, there's something tangible that comes out of it, right? You send your song off, they either tell you they don't like it or they do like it. If they do like it, they share it. You have a deliverable at the end of the day. You might go, wow, that was it, that sucks. Or you're gonna go like, holy shit, this is epic, right? Right. And, and what's interesting about Submit Hub's directory in that sense is that we'll tell you upfront, like, yo, if you do get approved by them, it's gonna suck. <laughs> we'll just right. tell you. It's right there. And so the decision's ultimately yours. But um, to get to your, your original question, I haven't yet found an area that I think this tool will work very well for within the music industry. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
so with our with our remaining time here, um, I've got a. I was mentioning before the interview, I have an EP coming out next weekend, and yeah. I'm I'm trying to use Submit Hub. So I've been going through the site, and uh, it was coincidental that as I was first looking to submit to the site, um, uh, your your PR person reached sent an email and said, "Hey, would you like to do an interview with Jason?" I was like, "Would I?" You know, maybe Convenient. he can help me navigate his website a little bit yeah, too. I'm happy so, to, man. so for people that are listening on Apple Music or SoundCloud or wherever, you can still uh, follow along. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube, we're actually going to uh, share screens here and submit a song and see see uh, see how it works. Cool. Are you going to share your screen? I'll just tell you where to click. Boom. There's my screen and oh, there's Ari. Ari. There's Ari. He's everywhere. Yeah, he sure is. Um, so there's no I in the just chat rooms. What's that? Oh yeah, in the chat room. See, there you are. There you are. Cool. We're all over here. All right, and we're using Safari, which is good. I don't test Safari enough. So what's kind of cool is that this is going to be a bit of a, a a testing opportunity. I get to see what's going on on your screen and be like, oh, I gotta fix that. Gotta fix that. Gotta fix that. Perfect. So, let's give it a whirl. So yeah, I've got, I, I went ahead and made little uh, profiles, if that's what you call them, for each of these three songs where they've got the YouTube video attached and the SoundCloud links. Um, first question is, which song should I submit? This one came out as a single March 27th, but will be on the EP coming out May 16th. It's called mm -hmm. Wicked Dreams. Still My Girl uh, came out uh, mid-February as a single in a music video, but we're putting it on the EP and feel like gold up here has not been released at all uh, video okay. or anything. And that's coming out fresh with the EP. Would you have a recommendation in terms of what's more likely to get accepted timeline wise? So my first thought was just go with your strongest song, but uh, the difficulty there is what you think is the strongest is probably not going to be everyone else's strongest. So um, in terms of timeline, yeah, maybe save. So when did you say the feel like gold was going to come out? This one, uh, the 16th of this month. And today's the 6th. You've got time. Yeah. Things move really quickly on Submit Hub. So what I would actually probably do is go with your strongest of either Still My Goal or Wicked Dreams, the one you feel um, best about. And then once you've got some responses from that, because, I mean, bear in mind, no matter how good you are, you're still going to get lots of rejection. Yeah. Um, you might be able to get a feel for who's going to be more open to feel like gold. And then what you can do is follow up by offering a premiere or something like that. So a premiere is when it's, it's mostly for blogs, but you're basically saying how I'll give you the exclusive. Right. You get to announce this song to the world, right? right. And that incentivizes them to say, sure, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I would, given that it's 10 days from now, um, I would maybe wait until you've sent out one other campaign and you get a feel for that one. That makes gotcha. sense? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to pick very well, so I'm just going to go still my girl. I'm just doing it. We're jumping cool. in there. Um, so I've got, got a YouTube video uh, that I think if you click on it, that's what comes up. And then uh, other places you can find the track and uh, some basic info as well. Cool. So we can hit create a new campaign right up at the top there, right? Okay. Create a new campaign. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to take you through the process of submitting. And there are a couple steps that we're going to do before that. And what these steps do is they actually pre-filter the list for you. So based on your decisions here, we're going to filter that list coming up. Okay. Um, so you're going to choose, I presume we're choosing premium credits on this one. 
Let's right. do it. So premium credits come with the guarantee of a response within 48 hours. Your submissions filter up to the top. I got to listen for at least 20 seconds, which um, two comments there. Often, you know, people would say that's not enough time, but yeah. uh, it totally is. And yeah. uh, the second comment is the good news is that the average listen time is actually two minutes. So wow. it's really rare that someone's only listening for 20 seconds. They would have to hate the song, right? Right. But it takes a lot more time to write your feedback, which is the sort of the fourth thing you get. Um, if you don't like a song, you have to explain why. And that process typically takes more than 20 seconds. Um, there are definitely some curators who are lazier and write worse feedback, but we'll actually, we'll be able to spot them on the next page as well, because that shows you everything. So, right, right. And, and to be clear too, I paid for the premium credits. You do pay for premium credits. And if they don't respond within 48 hours, you get the credits back, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, or if they don't write 10 words of feedback, um, for example, don't leave the page. Oh, no, you, you know what? I just I changed my mind. I'm switching songs after after okay, what cool. you said. I'm switching songs. I'm doing. It. We're going cool. to Wicked Dreams. Well, let's do it. Cool. So we're going to do premium. We're going to send it to blogs, players, cure, whatever. We're not okay. sending it to record labels, right? Yep. Next. Correct. Okay. Cool. So two more questions before we get started. Um, right. The first one is how important is the quality of written feedback for you? I mentioned on the previous step when you get premium credits, it means that if someone declines your song which is often the case, they have to explain why. And the original purpose of this feedback was more just to prove that they listened and they, they didn't mute it in the background and just sort of decline everything. But over time, a lot of artists have sort of looked to this as uh, constructive feedback, something that's going to help them. Um, mm. And you got to be careful going into it with that mindset because some of the feedback's pretty crappy and it's definitely going to be contradictory because you're sending it to real people. So someone might love the vocals and someone might hate the vocals. Someone right. might love the guitars, other person will hate it. Um, and, but, but, you know, you send it to a bunch of people and you can probably start to extract some trends. You know, if 60% of them said they're declining because they just couldn't get into the vocals, then maybe there's something there. Maybe there isn't. Um, right. So Ari, who we just mentioned, wrote an article about two and a half years ago. It was kind of the first official review of, of Submit Hub. Um, and he wasn't too happy with it. <laughs> One of his <laughs> complaints was that the feedback was bullshit. And he was, you know, he's saying it's contradictory. It's all over the place. My song is finished. It's mixed. It's finalized. Don't tell me to go back and fix something. I'm not going to fucking do that. Just, you know, I wish Submit Hub would just cut the feedback and make the listen time longer. And I said, Ari, that's a bad idea, man. Everyone listens for a long time anyway. And the feedback is sort of to prove that they listen. And if you just say no feedback, you can listen for a certain amount of time. Like, there's no real way for me to prove that they listen to your song. Right. And um, in the end, I caved. So the third option you see there says, I don't want feedback. Make them listen to 90 seconds instead. You don't want, you don't want that option, right? Don't ever choose it. Yeah. It's got a 5% approval rate. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, and somebody, if somebody hates your song, why make them listen for 90 seconds? Yeah, well, check that third one. If you, if you select the third bullet there, um, you'll see that it actually shows up with a little bit more text, a warning. And that links you to an article that I wrote explaining why 90 seconds is a bad choice. But it actually primarily comes down to distraction. 90 seconds is too long. Yeah. Too long. Um, and the feedback one forces bloggers to engage with your song and think about it. They have to write something, so they're probably going to listen to it while they're writing. 
Whereas with a 90 second one, I hit it. I'm thinking about my feedback. I go to write my feedback and it's like, no, you got to listen for 70 more seconds. And I go, oh, fuck this. There's got to be something new on Reddit. So I open up Reddit and next thing you know, I forget what I listened to. So right. I would highly re recommend choosing the it's quite important option. Okay. Um, but you actually won't see much difference between that option and the not that important option in terms of approval rates. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it's important. So I'm requesting yeah, good feedback, idea. 48 hours. Yep. Yeah. The second one is um, about copyright permissions. And this is primarily applicable if you want to send to YouTube channels or radio stations. Basically, these guys need to cover their asses. And if you uh, want them to put your song on their channel, well, I mean, just, just to backpedal a little bit, YouTube channels upload songs to their own channels and they typically monetize it. They take all your money. YouTube doesn't pay very well anyway, so you're not really losing much. But the idea is that in exchange, they're going to give you a lot of views. And YouTube actually does generate the most views. We've, like a lot of our YouTube channels on here consistently generate 30,000, 40,000, 100,000 plays per upload. So mm. the spillover effects of that can be pretty cool, but what they want in exchange is for you to say, you're allowed to upload this and maybe they want you to monetize it too. So these options here are saying, yeah, I can give them permission to upload it. And, right. and this is just for their channel, right? They don't get to upload sure. it on Spotify and all that. Um, it's like literally just for their YouTube channel. Um, so you can give them permission um, or you can give them permission, but you want to keep all the money also yeah. fine. Or you can say, nah, I'm not interested in this at all. Um, I'm going to give them the links. If they want to use those links, they can otherwise not, not going to happen. Yeah. So when you choose this option, it's, it's going to automatically filter out anyone for whom this would be an issue. So if it's a YouTube channel and they always need a copyright approval, they always need to upload it. They don't want to get in trouble from YouTube. They're not going to show up on this list if you choose the option that says, I cannot give them permission. So, so I'm just going to click this first one. Yes, I give them permission and they can monetize if they need to, but only on their channel. Honestly, unless you signed with a major label or something, um, I, I don't think there's any reason not to do this one. The money you would make on YouTube for 50,000 plays is like $5. <laughs> Right. Okay, maybe it's a bit more, but um, <laughs> it's it's abysmally low, right? Right. Fifty thousand plays on Spotify will earn you about a hundred dollars. Oh wait, what's my math here? Four dollars per one thousand. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. On Spotify, and I think maybe on Submit Hub you would you would get a tenth. I mean, sorry, on, on YouTube you would get a, a tenth of that if you're lucky. So, so, no, so no big no biggie for an indie artist there. I don't think so, and a lot of these YouTube channels actually spill over pretty heavily in terms of of their listeners ending up on Spotify. So they listen to stuff on YouTube, they go, this is dope. And then they, they end up listening to it on Spotify. So Perfect. YouTube channels in my mind are still actually quite influential in this game, just right. in a sheer numbers game. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're riding that, that YouTube algorithm and they can just pump tons of plays into your song. So I'm going for it. There we yeah. go. Okay. Cool. Now we're on a really big page. Um, there are, more than 1200 curators on here you've already filtered it down to 208 and you did that by oh take the first step yes i did genres yeah. yes I, I chose genres and i went with that uh, folk and americana yeah cool so now what happens is it takes this whole list of 1200 curators and it says show me all the curators who take either folk or americana right 
And you might say, well, folk and Americana aren't the same song. So on these guys, you can see there's a little red one that says genre match, and they got a 1.6 out of 5, yeah. which means they actually are probably not a good one to send to. So, so we know very my weekly page, addiction, probably a no-go. No, but check out, just scroll up to the very top of the page. See that orange call out? Yes, genre match, yeah. high to low. Yeah, do that one. That's it. That's my top tip for submitting. Once you've chosen your genres, sort by genre match. And then what you see here is a bug that I'm trying to fork out. Gosh darn it. Where um, it's not loading all of the information. I thought I killed this. Have you refreshed your browser in a while? Should I refresh this really quick? Uh, yeah, let's refresh it. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I fixed this bug. I swear I fixed this bug. Look at that. There they are. I fixed oh. it yesterday. No, no. Oh my Wait, but if anyway. I click on mere, more detail, does it all come up? Yeah, there? then it's there. That was my sort of um, stop gap measure to make sure it did work. But, oh, boogers. This is actually a great example of some of the work that I need to do to make this slightly better. But um, <laughs> uh, basically what happened was two weeks That's ago, I, I made the realization that this list of 1,200 blogs was so big that every time you opened the page, it was downloading 10 megabytes of data. Wow. And in 2020, that's actually not that crazy. Um, like one of those new, you know, when Apple launches like their new MacBook and they have a fancy page that you can scroll down. Yeah. Those pages are like 60 to 100 megabytes. They're massive. They're gargantuan. But still, 10 megabytes is too big. And so what I did was I right. split it up and I was like, okay, well, you know, we're only showing 20 blogs at a time. So let's just fetch the data for them. And then when we filter, let's get the other data. And the reason it was not working there was because it wasn't fetching the other data. Right. But for your listeners, I'll have it fixed. I'll have it okay. Fixed. It'll be fixed. I'm the Guinea pig. Yeah. It's going to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is the genre match still works. Here. So now what we're looking at, we've, we've filtered by folk Americana and we can see that after sorting by genre match, it's showing the people up at the top who really like this combination of genres. So a five out of five, the, the genre match score, I basically say, okay, we've got folk, and Americana. So find me all of the, the blogs, curators, whatever, who like both of these genres and give right. them a high score. And then the scores adjust as it goes down. And it doesn't just factor that in. It says, okay, look, uh, ear to the ground music, right? So we'll, we'll take a look at them. Yeah. Under the genre match, you can see an approval percentage, 9.3%. Okay. And just below it, it says 6.6. 6.6 is their site-wide approval. So for like all genres, but for this combination of genres, they are rough math, they're 50% more likely to accept it than they normally would. Right. So I can tell algorithmically that these guys really like this combination of genres. Um, and then we can actually just go down slightly and you'll see genre history and you'll oh, see okay. they've approved 500 songs from these two genres in the last year. And they also like singer songwriter, indie pop and indie rock. And so you can kind of eyeball those genres and be like, does this seem like the type of person who will like this music or not? Right. Okay. And their response rate is hundred percent. Meaning if I use my premium credit, they are going to get back to me. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. Okay. Um, so that's the very first thing I do when I try to decide if I'm going to send to someone is just analyze the genres and think about whether they're the right person to send to. Right. Right. But then there are a couple more things I can do. If I can go, you know, I'd really love to hear what Ear to the Ground is actually covering from this genre. On the right-hand side, you can see there's a recent shares button you can click. And that's going to show you uh, all the way on the right. It's gray. 
Oh, down here. Yeah, but there should oh, be but one it's up top. top. It's up top. Oh, because you I knew your video. You're in my way. Yeah, there we go. Recent shares. Oh, you're in my way. That's right. um, okay. <laughs> but you can actually take a sample of the stuff that they've been listening to, and you can also click on those links to see the actual blog posts that they're doing. I um, see. But you could listen to any of these in Submit Hub just to get a feel for uh, the type of stuff that they like. Wow. Okay. So here's, and these are the recent ones that they've done. Oh, see, seven days ago, 12 days ago, six yeah, days yeah. ago, two hours ago. Okay. Cool. This is the thing with Submit Hub. It's, it's almost an overwhelming amount of data. And the more time you spend trying to figure out who you should send to, two things are going to happen. You're going to have fewer people to send to, and you're going to have better results as well. So some you, people come you in recommend here, spending that, spending that extra time, really dialing it in. It depends, uh, you know, you, you can buy a hundred credits for $80 or um, right now you can get them for 63 because of the discount we're running for the COVID-19 discount. Um, but like, it depends what that's worth to you, right? For some people, yeah. they come in here and they're like, look, uh, you know, this is going to take me two hours to decide who to send to. I'm just going to select everyone and go, right? Right. And they're probably going to have a much lower approval rate, but they didn't waste time on it. And, and for them, maybe $63 isn't that much. That Maybe they earn that hourly, right? And so right. they're like, yeah, I have better, you know, let me just send this out and then I'm going to, that means I can go work for an hour. Boom, yeah. that takes care of itself. For other people, you know, $10 is a shitload. And, and I think, you know, especially with indie artists, that's definitely the case for many of them. And so spending that extra time on this is totally worth it because you're going to get better results. So great and, and just me, this one thing we've done sorting yeah. by genre match and paying attention to the genres that's going to increase your odds significantly so what i'd want to do is i've filtered this out pretty well for starters but what i'd want to take some time and do is go through and check out adobe and teardrops and bristol funk and song picker and go through and listen to to their recent shares and maybe yeah, see some could. of their recent posts and and see hey this this works well this doesn't work well yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about getting too in depth on the um, the recent shares per se right. because you're going to already get a lot of clues from the genre match score the genre history note at the bottom those two combined are going to give you a really strong indication about whether they're going to like your stuff or not right yes um, some of the other things I would look at we can just look at that song picker one there if you want sure yeah um, this one looks like when reading this I like this a lot it says he's great. Holger yeah. is his name. He's actually an executive at Universal Music Group. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, you can see on the left, he charges three credits for his submission. That was so my next question. Three. Yeah. Yeah. That means he charges three. Um, these guys kind of set their own prices, but we, we do enforce some requirements for them to put themselves at that price. So like uh, someone who's really badly behaved and has zero to no impact probably kind of get their price up. But, um, you know, in Holger's case, he's a UMG executive. He does this in his spare time. He loves Americana. Um, and, and for him, he's like, this is the price I need for it to be worthwhile. So there it is. Yeah. Um, but you can see, you know, his description says, that, you know, warm, organic, timeless, Americana, alt country, folk, retro, soul, blues. Um, <laughs> and there's a few other notes we can see here. He's got an 8% approval rate. Mm. Which is smaller than most. Yeah, but I would still say it's okay. Look, Indie Shuffle's got a 3% approval rate. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, the approval rate is linked to quality. Mm. The pickier they are, the more impact each share actually has. 
So someone who's approving 50% of their submissions is probably drowning their followers in content and actually no one's really listening anymore. Right. So I would steer clear. I mean, for me, like a sort of a sweet spot is anyone between five and 15%. Uh, and then exceptions for lower than that. And the exceptions I would make is someone listed on hype machine. Uh, right. Or they just look like they're super influential within your niche, which can happen. Yeah. Um, there are, there are three scores that you can quickly reference here, which is the genre match we've looked at quality and influence. Um, yeah. Quality so is based it. a lot on <coughs> their behavior and interactions on submit hub. Right. Um, so how do artists enjoy working with them? Are they communicative? Do they write good feedback Do they that type of stuff? And influence is, um, you know, we actually got rid of fan counts. So we don't really show you how many fans each outlet has anymore because we found that that could often be misleading. Right. And sure. so what we're looking at a lot more is engagement. Um, and that, that sort of feeds into this influence score that you see there. So I personally wouldn't spend too much time worrying about the influence score. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to focus a lot more on genre match when I'm sending out submissions. Okay. Yeah, cool. So in the genre match here is 4.9 out of That's 5. Fantastic. Anyone above 4 is great. Once Anyone you dip below four. 4, then I would start checking. But um, like as we go down this list, the thing I always spot check, genre match, and then I check their genre history because it shows you the other stuff they're into, right? The other things. So, okay. Like this also likes also in the likes electronic. In the electronic, which might be like, mm, maybe not. But then you can see their other two are singer-songwriter and indie folk. So prefers not to receive Americana. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is an interesting one. Um, well, I told you originally it's, it's folk or Americana that we're, we're doing this filter on. Right. And these guys have a really high genre match just based on their folk. And kind of makes me wonder why they don't have Americana enabled. But, but my well, algorithms there's, are there's so much saying, overlap, I would think, between the two. Yeah, me, I would think so too. I, and, you know, they've also got indie folk. So I would probably say these guys, oh, oh, here, here's where actually, would, see at the end of their note, it says not a fan of country music. Ah, okay. So that might be why they have Americana disabled because they're like, there's too much country coming through in that genre. Right. Um, so then it's up to you to say, well, do I lean to it? Do I have hints of, you know, country? Is it worth risking? Does it lean country? Uh, Does it lean folk? I'm just going to dismiss this really quickly and say, look at that approval rate, 47%. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's huge. So you're, there's too much content to, to break through. Yeah, anything. It's like you can stroke your ego on this one. Right. So they, they have, they have really good YouTube. In fact, this one's a bit confusing to me. How is their approval rate that high? Uh, I might actually send to them only one credit. <laughs> Interesting. Well, well, this is, yeah. this is good to know. I won't, uh, I won't uh, submit to, to this company here, but it, let's, let's pick one. Let's, let's take song picker because I like that. He said, looking for warm, organic, timeless music, preferred genres, indie rock, Americana, alt country, folk, retro, soul, blues. Yeah. And it's three credits, but I'm going to go ahead and click on it. I like the genre match. Um, and you said the low approval rating, only 8% could be linked yeah. to, uh, to well, quality. I mean, you got to set your expectations, right? There's a, there's a nine out of 10 chance. He's going to say no, but yeah. um, you, I feel pretty confident. I actually listened to one of your songs and, and I feel pretty confident. He, he was actually the one who popped into my head. I was like, Oh yeah, Holger might like this type of stuff. Cool. So, um, cool. it's well, hard I've, to say, right? Cause he probably gets tons of these 
the style every day. So he's really honed in on what he likes and what he doesn't like. Sure. Sure. Well, well, we'll give it a try. So do I, do I click submit now? But you can submit to multiple people, right? So when sure. you're going through this list, you don't just have to stop at one. Okay. Um, so I, I would, you know, some people will do 200 in one submission. At once. Okay. Yeah. Well, for, for sake, we could pick one more here for fun. Um, well, let's or, just analyze one more and I'll tell you. Post to wire. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Um, okay. They've got this really good blogger badge. And what that means is that they write blog posts. So we found when we first signed people up, a lot of the blogs would end up doing a, a SoundCloud repost or a, a Spotify playlist. And we we're like, that's not why you're on here. You write blog posts. Um, and so we created a program called the Really Good Bloggers Program, which is for blogs who approve their songs as blog posts and write content. They don't just copy paste a press release. They do stuff like that. Good. So when I see these guys pop up, I always think, okay, that's a pretty good sign, right? Really good blogger. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. And you can also see on the right, again, if you wanted to see what they, they blog, you can click that recent shares button and that's going to show you right. what they do. So it's going to jump up. I can click this right here. Yeah. And then below each song, you can see there's a link, http dot dot. And this would take like they, they do Spotify and a blog post on every single one. Oh, cool. Um, so, so I could click on this and yeah, and, it's going to uh, open up a new tab and it's going to show you the blog post and you can kind of see if, if you get picked up by them, this is what your content's going to look like. And this is something that would be really great if someone was on Google going through and you know, they hit this and here's a blog review. Look at that. That's great. This and is I like rare how in 2020. This is um, really good. The currently listening, you can see some comparative artists. Oh, drive by truckers are on there. John Moreland's on there. Cool. Um, on. No, this is great. It looks, it looks super professional and they've got the Spotify playlist embedded here. Yeah. Which is where all their songs go. So this is what I'm talking about with, with blogs. Like I, you know, how many people are going to actually read this article uh, in the first week, maybe 50, but, but with blogs, you really got to think about the long game here. Like once you get picked up, you're going to be in Google. That's it. That's the search results. It's going to be high quality. Someone could hit this in three years. It doesn't really matter. They're still going to see this, this sort of verification going on. So. Yeah, no, I love this. Well, I, I'll add, um, I'm going to add this one to the list too. And I'll go through a little bit later and, and uh, spend some more time doing, doing others. But for, for our purposes, I'll stick sure. with these two for we now. Submit it. Yeah. Um, just to kind of show show the example here so we'll say submit oops results found that doesn't mean to right click or you held for too long or, oh there or we go. yeah there it is so the last thing it does is it asks you to write a, a quick pitch so it confirms you it confirms your stuff are you going to send to these two people yeah. um and then a little quick pitch so this shows up in the bloggers feed and they can actually um, see what you've written. So it's like a little note for them, right? Okay. And so I could say something like doing a podcast right now with Jason G <laughs> and yeah. we uh, handpicked these two uh, and we handpicked your outlet. We handpicked you. And we handpicked you to submit to. Right now, yeah. to show the submission process with Jason, I have enough left. Now, this right could backfire too. They might be like, that's bribery. What are you trying to do here? You're trying oh, to good. sway us. Doing um, a podcast right now so to show the submission process with Jason Grishkoff, and we handpicked yeah. you to submit to. Boom. All yep. right, there you go. There you go. 
So now what's going to happen, you hit submit, it's going to take you back to your, um, probably take you to your artist page. There it is. Okay. Oh no, to the song page. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see there's your song again, but now there's actually a new tab, which you didn't have before, which is campaigns. Okay. Yeah. So I would click this or no? Uh, no, uh, the tab just below, come down to the right. You'll see it says campaigns. That's the one. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So yeah. if I was to go do this process again with the same song, but click on 50 other blogs, that would create a second campaign. Yeah, second campaign. So you attach multiple campaigns to the same song. Cool. Oh, I love it. Awesome. So there we go. And uh, when this, actually, I think this is going to come out tomorrow. I think this is, we pushed it to this week's episode. But so, okay, so does, I have to fix that bug. <laughs> you have to fix that bug. If, if this comes out, uh, if I get the results in time, I'll share them with everybody in the monologue. <laughs> okay, so, cool. We'll see what happens. Um, um, any, no any, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it was fun and you know, these last 20 minutes or whatever, um, if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see exactly how it's done and, and, uh, I wish you all the best success with it. Um, so I, I think we'll call it a day there. And Jason, if you'd stay on the line with me for just one more second, but I'm going to uh, stop the recording. So thank you uh, for me and middle-class rock star listeners for, for joining me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Right on. All right. How about that? That was that was a lot of fun. That's certainly the most long distance interview I've done, although now that we're all just on our computers, what's a few miles here and there? This was a fun episode. If you're a musician, there's certainly tons of great info in here for you. If you're a blogger and you're not signed up with Submit Hub, maybe check it out. Or if you're an Instagram influencer with a certain number of followers, maybe something maybe something to look into. Also, if you're an entrepreneur, I think Jason is a, a great resource. Check out more of what he's done. Really nice guy, uh, really put together. And he has a couple successful businesses that he's built from the ground up, so somebody to look at there too. If you liked the podcast, it really, really helps out. If you go rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we're also now on Spotify. I think this is the first episode that will be published uh, straight to Spotify as it comes out. So we're on Spotify, Middle Class Rockstar. Give us a follow on Spotify if you can, if you think of it. Also, these are now being put up on YouTube, youtube.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. And I have all the episodes under a Middle Class Rockstar playlist. I have, will have that in the show notes as well. So go check that out if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, or death threats. You can email me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or, restora or restoration needs, excuse me, go to www.pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. Uh, they provide simple and affordable music for sync. Go to www.narratorrf.com for more info on that. That's all for me. I'll see you all next week. Have a good one.